and Hawaii. Coming to you from Misty Mountain Studio, sitting at 2,440 feet above sea level on this big rock in the middle of the Pacific, just outside a volcano in the Puna district of the Big Island of Hawaii. Lord bless this planet and every living thing on it. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. We're trying to get to 10,000 downloads, so please tell a friend or two and keep coming back for more so we can get to that uh, 10,000 mark, all right? This episode is entitled, Alone. Alone. What's the name of the episode? (laughs) Welcome to High in Hawaii. We're high on life, we're high on the mountain, we're high on cannabis. This podcast is meant to be a form of entertainment and escape, while at the same time being informative about cannabis, cannabis products, and methods of consumption. If you're new, well, welcome. Aloha. Howdy. Kick back with your choice of strain and something to sip on and enjoy the stories and the tunes we're going to lay down for you. Alone is the name of the episode. Pause for the cause songs, wise words, learning as I grow all on the way for you here on High in Hawaii. And let me tell you something. they YouTubers already know because they've seen it. Man. This episode brought to you under the influence of Golden Maui Shatter. This stuff is beautiful. 83% total THC and cannabinoids. Hello, shout out to everybody at the farm, down at the big store. Thank you guys for you doing amazing work on this medicine. Big thanks to everybody at the uh, at the store there, the, the Hilo store, at the big store. Got Koa, Steven, Alfred. Let's see who else have I seen lately. Brandon, Natalia, Justin. And uh, saw Cole the other day, Miss Gwen, Danny, and Mike. I hadn't seen both of them guys in a while. So it was good to see them. You guys' help and support, always appreciated. Keep spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks to the crew next door at the Irie Smoke Shop for handing out the uh, the crutches there as well. You know, it's 420 time, so we're going to talk a little bit. I, I'm still doing real good. From my uh, my dab hit, man, I'm, woo, I'm telling you what, in orbit. But also uh, sporting a little... Uh, little bowl here of some Kimbo Kush, which is very special. So it's a, it's a very nice nighttime type of uh, bud for you. Definitely an indica. <coughs> so it's 420 time, toke time. Let's fire it up. You got yours. I got mine. Let's get lifted. Let's get tunted. Let's get, <coughs> let's get high. <coughs> Some of the projects that I've been working on, uh, the infused wine was a success. I think with a few modifications, I think I can make it even better. Uh, I haven't tried the THC infused Hornitos tequila. Maybe in a few weeks, we'll do some Mary Rita's, uh, or make some kind of concoction, but I haven't done it yet. Uh, the house gig is a video that's been put up. I'm going to be doing another video because somebody else took some other videos and they're really, really good. So got a lot of editing to do but there is there is a video up that uh, it's called the house gig it's the first hour of what i did last saturday night but it was kind of fun at least for me and i'm, I'm grateful for everybody that came out and grateful for the support for the uh the texas deer camp tour that's coming up it's gonna be crazy <laughs> let's get to a pause for the cause song so we could talk this one is from jason elmore and hoodoo witch from the champagne velvet album can't wait to see jason looking forward to sitting down with him and talking about his new stuff that's coming out soon mary jane on high in hawaii dig it 
forward to sitting down with Jason talking about the new stuff he's got coming out. I know he's been in the studio recently and the band is staying busy so I hope to catch a few shows very soon, very soon. Alone is the title of the episode. I'm not talking about the the TV show or the cable TV show, whatever it is, where they send out people to live alone in the woods to see who can live the longest at contest. Although I did like that show, or I do like that show, I watched it a few times, uh, especially when one of the survival family was on as a contestant. Always enjoyed watching them. But um, I just kicked the YouTube camera. But, uh, and, and man, I'm telling you, they did an amazing job, for sure, adapting and overcoming the elements. And it's a cool show. It just, I seemed to lose interest in it after, well, mostly after I started to come here. When my journey started to begin coming here to the jungle, as I've mentioned in the past in other episodes, I came to the island a few times before the official move. And now it's been over three years since I landed here on the rock permanently. And I have uh, many days. I've had many days alone to be with my thoughts and process the events in my life. I can find time and space to be alone. It's easy. And I realize how lucky I am to have a place of solitude. A place where I feel isolated from the world. A place where I can unplug or log off living off grid in in the jungle can be very helpful in obtaining serenity being alone is not always a bad thing sometimes the word when used alone <laughs> can seem negative 
Maybe when you heard or read the title of this episode, you thought, oh, I wonder what this episode's going to be about. Because of my mental health, this can be a sensitive issue with those people in my support group. Uncomfortable questions get asked, promises get asked for, and it's not easy to navigate sometimes. Not easy to admit that I struggle, but even harder sometimes to know that my struggles burden others. I don't want people to worry just because I choose to be alone. I remember one of my survival brothers came to see me a few years ago. And he said something that stuck with me. He said he was worried about me being out here alone. He said, that's not good. And I remember when Wingman said that to me. I took it to heart, and I still do. Alone can be a state of mind. I can be a... I mean, in a huge crowd of people and still feel alone. I mean, sometimes, let's face it, alone is a goal. Millions of people in the world caught up in chaos and turmoil that would love to have a place to escape and live a simple, peaceful, serene life. You've heard these quotes. You can probably picture people saying this. Maybe you even picture, I can picture myself saying this at times. I need to be alone with my thoughts. Or I wish I could have some alone time. I remember this one with my kids. Can you leave me alone for just a few minutes? And I just want to be alone. Now, those things I see can be taken different ways. And here, although there are neighbors in every direction, we have enough distance between us, and there's enough thick jungle growth that we each have our own feeling of isolation. Now, noise travels. At least that's what I found out when I turned my music up too loud. So, so. But nonetheless, it's isolation by choice for most of us. This type of life, this off-grid life, <coughs> as everybody knows, if you've listened, for me, started in a tent. So to now be sitting here with high-speed internet, downloading podcasts each week, uploading YouTube videos, and doing all the things that I'm doing is very, very much uh, different than the way it started off-grid. At first, the motto was chop wood, carry water. Not that I needed to chop wood, but it's just a motto, you know. It's sort of a mindset, basic life needs, chop wood, carry water. A simple life. Grow your own food. Grow your own medicine. Got chickens providing the eggs. Sunshine gives the energy and the power. The rain is the water source. You rise with the sun, you set with the sun. You can go weeks. I did 
without reading any news or talking to anyone specifically about anything going on. You can completely unplug. If you don't want to go off what we say, the compound, you can stay. No reason to leave other than personal choices. It's isolated. It's secluded. It's alone. It is peaceful. It is serene and zen-like. But is it happiness? Being alone? I do remember Christopher McCandless. A quote from him is, Happiness is only real when shared. It's in the story Into the Wild. It's a great movie. It's an even better book. It's a tragic story, but one that I hold dear. Into the Wild. You can Google it. But what happens when being alone is not enough? Or when physical challenges become such a factor that daily activities are difficult and have to be weighed out to determine if they can actually be accomplished? It can be hard to be alone for some people. I'm still young, but I'm old. Some days I have to limit how many steps I can take. Some days my hands don't work right. We got the Harley trike up for sale. Almost 22,000 miles on it. Put 10,000 miles on the one before it. That's almost 32,000 miles. In about 10 years, my hands just can't take it no more. And we're on a trike. But the clutch and the brake... It's just too much after too many miles. It's not easy to admit. It's not easy getting old. I met with my primary care physician yesterday. That's, that's what they call your doctor in the VA, your PCP. I know it sounds weird. Your primary care physician. <clears throat> I like him a lot. I, I, mean, I like him very much. He's a great doctor. And he's been helpful and always informative on many issues that I have. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten the back surgery because he's the one that made that consult happen. I told him yesterday, I said, Doc, I feel like my choice is limited and that maybe my best success in getting help from my foot could be moving back to the mainland. And he wasn't sure what to do or say. He didn't quite understand why the procedure didn't take place because I never got an explanation. It didn't happen when it was scheduled to be done. 
He didn't understand why the outside provider had difficulty getting paid by the VA. Everything was done according to whatever procedures are supposed to take place. I told him I understood that everybody did the best they could, but it was just one of those things, and it fell through the cracks, and I'm still falling and tripping every day. Not every day, but a lot. And I told him I'm tired. I'm tired of falling because of my foot. I'm tired of worrying each time that I fall. Have I damaged that hardware in my back? And although the sciatica issues have improved dramatically since the fusion procedure, it's been almost two years now since that was done. I have some little phantom pains at night, but nothing like it used to be. The sciatica Thank the Lord, and I'm knocking on wood. It doesn't happen anymore, at least not in the left leg. <laughs> but I don't know why those pains occur at night, actually. I don't know if they have something to do with, with other things. Um, I have a, um, a, 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 a gabapentin. Some people take that. It's pretty common for nerve pain. And I do take it on a regular basis, but there have been times when I've run out or stopped taking it, not knowing, and the nerve pain is intense. And it takes a while for your body to get that back, you know, into your system. So I always make sure I have plenty of that gabapentin. Other than ibuprofen, I don't use anything for pain except cannabis. And I've got a wide variety of options like edibles, oils, tinctures, capsules, topical creams, concentrates, and, of course, flour. And I've found ways to adapt to the pain and ways to adapt to the limitations. But I would just like to fix what could be repaired, which is the fusion of the big toe in a position so that I don't drag my foot every time that I try to walk. And I explained to the doctor that going to another island for care and the limitations that exist living on the island is becoming a negative factor in my decision-making. I told him flat out, I'm having a difficult time with these limitations from getting older, from whatever, and it's causing a lot of problems in my life. So much so that I may move from the island to get better health care. And I felt bad. Because he's not the bad guy. That's what I told him. I know this is not your fault. But I don't know who to complain to. I don't know what else to do. I told him, I said, if I do what I'm planning to do, possibly, there would maybe be a chance situation where nobody here would even notice and then the real problem would never get addressed much less resolved and the real problem is people's health care is slipping through the cracks for whatever reason and i realize it's bad timing with all the coronavirus issues but it's simple for me i'm just i mean i'm just being i'm being selfish when I tell you I'm tired of falling. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen. 
And I don't like this level of uncertainty in my life. I don't operate well in this state of uncertainty. I like to blaze a trail. But I can't do that until I have a destination point. You've all heard the phrase. We've all heard it. I know we have. Stuck between a rock and a hard place. (laughs) I feel like I'm stuck between a rock and an ocean. I explained to someone the other day, it's the classic story of the trail in the woods, Robert Frost, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. What you have to understand is when survival instructors come to a fork in, in the trail, we just blaze our own trail. And that's what I've been doing for so long. I don't know any other way. I cannot and will not take the path most traveled. And I choose not to take the one less traveled because I prefer my own trail, my own path. I often pray, Lord, give me strength to walk the steps that you have laid before me. Now, I don't know exactly where those steps are going to lead me, but I have to take them and I have to do it in faith and I have to do it proudly. See, I'm trying to be somebody that I can be proud of. Wise words go right with this, hand in hand. Almost as if I picked it to be that way. (laughs) We're going to puff again here in a second. This one's from the old farmer. You know, I love the old farmer's advice. The biggest troublemaker you'll ever deal with sees you from the mirror each morning. The biggest troublemaker you'll ever deal with sees you from the mirror each morning. Old farmer's advice, and I always dig it. It's always good. It's always useful. (laughs) Wise words. All right, now we're going to get into one, and I I just got to send a shout-out, special thanks to my friend Jeff, Jeff Miller for telling me about this version. I want you to enjoy this now. I I didn't know this existed back in my day as a DJ, and I'd have made sure I had this, man, for sure, for sure. This is an extended version, 1972, Temptations. You digging it? Yeah. Extended version. Papa was a rolling stone. Dig it. High in Hawaii.
Jeff again for telling me about that. I didn't even know it existed. I had to find it on YouTube. And YouTube's going to block me from playing it, but that's cool. I don't care. It's weird. Half the stuff I get from YouTube, they censor me for putting it on here. <laughs> on the YouTube video. <clears throat> but I may have to edit it out. We'll see. Learning as I grow. Looking back at the mega jackpot strain grow that's now in jars um, and being consumed. We started with the seeds from Amsterdam Seed Company. Four seeds planted first. Did 18 hours of light schedule. We went through all this through the, uh, through the podcast. Two of those became the big girls, over seven foot. Actually, they've got over eight foot. One of them, for sure. Learned a very valuable lesson with that. Don't outgrow your space. And that's exactly what I did. Now, even though those girls provided lots of clones, it became difficult to find space for them along with the other plants after they started to mature a little bit. And then there were other plants that came afterwards. So I was forced to move the big girls outside on the porch, somewhat covered but still exposed to the moisture. And the gray mold was unstoppable outside with this strain. It just, I mean, it didn't take over, but I had to, um, had to cut away a lot. After the first seedlings matured, I started that second set of seeds. And these were the plants that got the topping and the fem. And you may remember that video. It's available on the YouTube channel. And this was my plan to extend the harvest time, help it keep sort of a space limitations. And and it did help, actually, to have these plants harvested in this week and then wait a few weeks to harvest different plants and and then the last few weeks, I did four plants at once. So, uh, yeah, it worked out to be uh, just the right amount of space, especially for drying. Some of the flowers had to be harvested a little bit earlier than I wanted, but that was only to avoid more destruction from the mold. So, aside from those issues, I was successful in trying a few different things that I hadn't tried before. First thing I did 
was I planted the seeds in the final pots. I just started with those. Most recommend starting in smaller growth space and then smaller growth space to get your root system to grow better. Their theory is that the seedlings need a bottom to make the root divide and spread out. And I've seen in hydroponic system that, you know, the roots go straight down all the way to the bottom with very few extensions, and then it starts to spread out. But if the seedling is allowed to grow down, it can cause extended growth between the branching. So, I mean, it worked out for me in the 15-gallon pots because in eight-footers, I mean, there was plenty of space for the roots. So, But the rest of the plants were only in 10-gallons. A couple of them were in 12s, but uh, most of them were in 10-gallon pots. I used the smart pots, fabric pots. That helps the root systems to breathe and avoid overwatering, which can cause root rot, as we know. We've talked about that before. The second thing I did was I started a different feeding schedule. I used to do every other day, and then I did every three days. And then I decided uh, a different theory that someone else had shown me, or at least I read about, was I fed on Mondays and Fridays, and then on Wednesdays, I just did a heavy watering. And on those watering Wednesdays, I used hydrogen peroxide as an additive. Now, I didn't learn that till later on, but it was seemed to be a, a very good uh, a good trick to, to help the strength of the plant. Using the Earth Juice brand products, I started with the Grow 1600, then switched to the Bloom 01616 with additional feedings of the Hybrix molasses for the plants, which is only like a 001, but it's just a water additive I would do sometimes on the weekend, sometimes during that watering. Uh, that helps add sugars to your plants and gives a boost to the trichome production. I did notice that, have noticed that, will continue to use that product. Ice water flushing was something else I tried for the first time. Some people don't even flush their plants, but I do if I can or if it looks like I need to. Uh, but I tried the ice water flushing. It's supposed to give different colors in your flowers and increase trichomes. I tried it on two plants, then I flushed. I noticed a change in the color, but I didn't really notice an increase in potency or anything. It was it was just as sticky as the other plants. It might have been a little stickier, but I, I'm, I'm not going to sit and count trichomes. So, but it, it was interesting to try. I don't don't know that I would try it again, but. <clears throat> if I had some big flowers and I was trying to make some cool pictures, maybe I would. One other thing that I tried to increase trichome growth was the 48 hours of darkness just before harvest. Most of us notice that the trichomes are plumpier or fatter in the mornings when the lights first come on. Because we're checking them, you know, we're trying to see if they're going to turn colors or where they are in their stage. And that indicates when it's time to harvest. And I did see an improvement in size of the trichomes. And the aroma was very strong as the flowers were harvested and even trimmed. And even in the jars, you can still see lots of nice frosty trichomes on there. So I will say that that was a benefit that I will do again. Some of the plants were dried by hanging for a few days with a fan on them. But the humidity level was so high during those weeks that it just never got dry. So I made the adjustment, moved everything on the drying trays, put it in the closet, got much better results with a dehumidifier and a fan, made a big difference in drying the flowers. Overall, the lessons learned on this particular grow, I need, I need to pick a strain that's more resistant to mold. I know there's some out there, and uh, I know from now on I will be topping all my plants 
as one of the master growers said, once you try it, you won't stop. Uh, it just maximizes your growth space. I will use the Earth Juice products again, and I need to design a grow room with better, I don't know, much better control of humidity. It's just, uh, it's got to be, got to be climate controlled for sure. Mold is the enemy here, and I've got to do everything to fight against it. So the darkness before the harvest, as I mentioned, is now going to be a standard out for me. I think that really did help those trichomes to grow considerably. Also going to try to find a better way to dry the flowers after uh, harvest, make a better closet, or maybe find some sort of machine. So I'll be doing some research out there on the trail and see what I can find out. I know right now I need another pause for the cause, need another puff. This is a cool tune. I've been trying to learn the guitar licks are really cool. I know the chords. I just can't quite get the licks down. This is an acoustic version that Dave Matthews does. Dave Matthews band from the album Some Devil. The name of the album is Some Devil. The name of the song is Gravedigger. Pause for the cause song on High in Hawaii. Jones, 1810-1913 Made his great-grandchildren believe you could live to 103 103 is forever when you're just a little kid So Cyrus Jones lived forever Grave digger When you dig my grave Could you make it shallow? So that I can feel the rain Grave digger Muriel Stonewall, 1903 to 1954 Lost both of her babies in the second great war Now you should never have to watch as your only children lowered in the ground should never have to bury your own babies Grave digger When you dig my grave Could you make it shallow So that I can feel the rain Grave digger Could you make it? 
just Dave by himself. Well, they've got some instrumental stuff going on in there with him. But. <clears throat> From the album Some Devil. Remember, talking saves lives. I remind myself, as well as everyone who listens, talking saves lives. And I have to tell you that I wish I could always do it. Talk. Sometimes it's difficult for me. Sometimes I take a step in the right direction trying to get healthy and stronger. And sometimes I stumble and fall back a few paces. I continue to set very high standards for myself. And I also continue to have difficulty living up to those standards or expectations. No one else has any bearing on these, you know, like perfection illusions for myself. I, I know I can't be perfect, but I continue to beat myself up. Not physically, you know. I have to learn to give myself a break. I have to learn to forgive myself. I have to try to be a better friend to myself. And it's difficult. I continue to struggle with those cloudy days or those ugly visions sometimes, but it's getting better. Overall, it's getting better. Even if I have a setback, I can still gain strength in knowing that I have tools and I have a support system to help me. I mean, I'm here alone, but several people have already reached out in different ways. Text message, phone calls, so on and so forth. And I'm okay. I'm good. Because I'm talking. I have to be willing to help myself by talking. I'm talking to you about my issues and using this platform to hopefully give an example of how you can do it. Talking. I'm not saying you need to start a podcast so you can talk your feelings and shit. I'm not, that's not, that's not it at all. All the things I tell you is what I'm telling my doctor next week when I talk to her on the phone, you know, the things I told, I mean, I told you what I told my doc, you know, I didn't give his name. I don't want to do that doctor privilege, whatever thing. I don't want to violate that. I didn't know if I didn't even ask him if I could say his name, but anyway, he's a good dude. And if he does listen much mahalos, Doc. I really appreciate you. But talking can save lives. It's a difficult thing to do. But it's easy. And I know that's a moxioron. Is that how you say it? Moxioron. Oxymoron. <laughs> I have to remember that my thoughts are just thoughts. 
Now I can change them. But I can't change my actions. Those have consequences. Talking saves lives. I say it every week, and I won't stop saying it. 22 veterans take their own life each day. I'm working real hard not to be a statistic. Because I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want you to be a statistic. The National Suicide Prevention Line is also the Veterans Crisis Line. It's 800-273-8255. 8255 is TALK, T-A-L-K, if you're spelling out letters, whatever. 800-273-TALK. Veterans, press 1. They've got veterans, actual people who know what you're going through, standing by to help you if you want them. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. You can access them online. We've got a link in the chapter markers to the veteranscrisisline.net. Even easier than all of that, you can text someone. Just text them. I'm having a hard day. I need to talk on this text. The number to text is 838-255. All this information is in the transcript section. Even if you're not registered with the VA or enrolled in the VA health care system, it's available to all veterans, all veterans, all veterans, and their families and friends. I can't stress it enough. They got people there to help you if you're trying to help somebody else. Believe me, they're there for you. I know somebody had to call them just, I don't know, a week ago. And it helped her. VA responders standing by 24-7-365. I hope you never need it. I hope you never need it. But if you do, it's here for you. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. We're going to have another one next week. And uh, it's going to be a good one. I hope you're liking it. <clears throat> so thanks again for checking out the podcast. You can check out our website. The link is on there. Highinhigh.com. That's where you get the YouTube channel, Facebook link, Instagram, support the podcast button. And... The podcast swag store, which is the in button. I know it looks like LinkedIn logo, but it takes you to our store on Bonfire. And that's where you can get the uh, Texas Deer Camp Tour shirts. They're pretty cool. I like them. So I'm, mine should be in the mail soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. Tell a friend or two or 20. I don't care. <laughs> Let's get to 10,000 downloads as soon as we can, okay? Because that way we can reach more people and hopefully. 
get those statistics down. Thank you for listening. Aloha. Y'all come back now, you hear? Happy night, That boy ain't right. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. Smoke weed every day.